passos sem meus braços Encontrarás amor e Lamento o tempo de seus beijos Lamento o tempo de seus braços Vai de braços sem meus braços Encontrarás amor e dor Amor e dor Hello and good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you're listening from. Hope you're having a great day and everything is going well for you. Hey, Lori, how are you? Good to see you. Happy you could join us, Lori. I hope your Thanksgiving was good. Did you enjoy your turkey, Pam? Uh, yeah, I did. I had to. I ended Happy up you could join us, Lori. Very small amount, thank God, because I didn't get this bigger turkey as I normally do. But we, um, and we, and we didn't have as many people as we normally do either, which is fine. Same. Yes, it was uh, very same. But it, it was, it was still lovely. Oh yes, and and of course the the kitty or Isabella was here, which makes it fun. And then my sister and brother-in-law, so it was just. And Patrick, so it was the five of us, which was, which was fine. But we had a great time. And uh, the little girl, she's uh, very happy to be uh, around all the new kitties. Because I did take Pumpkin in. And Pumpkin is um, getting along well with everybody. And uh, I had her spayed last week. So she's, she's a fixed little girl. She's just looks uh, the other cat's head, that's Jason. So things are going well here. How about you? How was yours? Well, um, it was it was a little quieter than normal, but in that instance, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I have to say, I, dinner was really good. We had it was just us, and. Um, Sometimes I host and have like 20 people in my house. So having just the smaller family was really nice. Yeah. It was uh, relaxing. And we actually got to see my mom's side of the family later that weekend on Saturday. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just uh, kind of a, a lower key. But I, I tackled some house projects. Um, and also binge watched some shows, so mm -hmm. <laughs> I had a little bit of downtime, which doesn't really happen. So um, that was good. Okay, I knew you were going to ask, and you will laugh. Um, one, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, my daughter Allie has is hooking me into all these shows. So um, I binge watched Riverdale. Mm -hmm. Anybody? Anybody watch Riverdale? No, but I know it's based on the Archie comics. Yes, it is. I highly suggest you get yourself to a TV. Um, hi, Karen. It's wonderful to see you. I'm so happy Karen and Lori are on. Um, hi, KK. We actually uh, had Riverdale is based on the Archie comics, um, but it's a very it's a dark darker version, so it's not all bubblegum and. Uh, uh, it's shot so beautifully, and it, the story and the actors are so compelling. I just think it's really good. Um, I watched the first two seasons on Netflix, and now they're currently... It's a show on the CW, mm -hmm. so they're currently um, in season three. 
And yes, oh, I see Lori and KK both watch it. I, kindred spirits, right? I mean, I just, it's its really good. I love Jughead. Archie's adorable. They're just, they're, they're great characters. Um, and, and Archie is, by the way, I think is he, uh, the actor is from New Zealand, I believe, or Australia. Anyway, he pulls off the American accent or Canadian accent beautifully. Um, cause when you hear him interviewed, it's, it's stunning the difference. I just, I love, I love that. Um, I love actors who pull that off so brilliantly. Um, and then the other show, which will bring us back to Florentine days that my daughter is, was obsessed about. And she's like, you got to watch it, mom, um, is the vampire diaries. Okay. And that's the show that ended last year. I think it was on for eight seasons, so it's a whole lot of binging. Um, the, the guy who played Damien on there, I think it's Ian yes. Summerholder, whatever name is. Yes, Ian he Summerholder. Was, he was one of the fan picks for Yes, I remember that. And let me tell you, I love some I love me some Jamie Dorman. Jamie Dornan did a great job. But Ian, I could totally see it. I get it now. Before, I was like, eh, yeah, I've seen pictures. Eh. Watching him mm-hmm. act in that series, um, especially when he's act- not acting as mischievous as he normally is uh, as, in, as his vampire being. Mm-hmm. Um, when he, they do the flashbacks to him before he was turned. Okay. And you see some of the vulnerability that he conveys in some of those scenes. I was like, I get it now. I understand why people were raving. I mean, because there was a huge contingent of yeah, people yeah. who were like Team Ian. I mean, all the way. And I understand now. I, I didn't get it before. I get it now. So, oh, thanks, KK. So KK said, yeah, you'll love it. I do. I'm sucked in. I'm almost done with the first season. <sighs> I mean, I, I mean, it's been bad, ladies. It's been bad. It's been like two or three <laughs> in a row a night like terrible well i i and I, and it's late because i'm doing all this other stuff so like i'm wedging it in and it's bad when your 22 23 year old daughter is like mom we gotta stop watching before you know we have to end it around midnight or 12 30 because i need to wake up early yeah. <laughs> and i'm like just one more just one more yeah no i i get questions you watching Hallmark <laughs> Oh yes. Well, and of course, Hallmark has been on as my backdrop. My backdrop, and of course, I'm I I'm I missed the last. I missed Sunday, but uh, Outlander. I'm trying to keep up with Outlander. So, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds like I do nothing but watch TV, but that's uh, uh, probably the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, it's been. Lots, lots going on in the Amorous compound. (laughs) I can't wait till two dates I can't wait for. December 16th on Netflix. And Uh, January 17th on Sundance now. The 16th is gross. I thought so. Gross. And uh, it's funny because when I, I was looking at the preview, and the shirt that uh, Patty Scalp was wearing in the previous is what she wore on stage the night that I was there. Now, they said that they didn't film the night that I was there, so I, you know, I don't know what she wore again. I'm not sure. But yeah. And then, um, and so January 17th is the start of Discovery of Witches. And that oh, that's right. It's on Sundance now. And uh, through Sky One, they they sent out a note after it finished. They're definitely going to be doing season two and season three, and that'll be the um, uh, the other two books, The Shadow of Night and The Book of Life. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But we got the Gabriel movie coming up. I know! In 2019, March to what date? I don't know yet. Nobody really does, I don't think. And... Uh, well, all, are you, I hope everybody's involved in the read-along. I think we're up to chapter 25 today. Mm-hmm. 
I try. I, I will put in my two cents when I can. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been trying to get, even if, even if I have to play catch up. Yeah. The, uh, I do think the read, I do think they're reading and I do think they have gone back to look, um, you know, mm-hmm. at people's comments and I, I see there's a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, talking about who they want to have as the actors. Yeah, I I Um, try to avoid that only because I know with the um, passion flicks, probably their budget, they probably not going to get the actors that you really want. Right. So I just just let them decide that. But, you know, what what I've been trying to do is, like, a lot of people have been putting in, like, verbatim lines and everything. Yes. Which is fine, but... For me, I know that the screenwriter is going to come in, and as long as he knows what, or she knows what the scene, scene you want to see, she's going right. to go back with the dialogue. Right. The dialogue is you know, basically thought. And you can't, right. You can't do that. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I've been, I've been, dealing, I've been doing that. I've yeah, Lori said it. she's been reading along as well. She just can't pick one certain scene out of a chapter. Well, and it's it, tough. It is tough. But what I've been doing is I'm putting a, like a summary, like mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. I have Grace, the Grace during Thanksgiving where Richard breaks down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After um, Grace was, uh, has passed away. Yeah. And then um, also the, the the bonding between father and son on the porch with the cigars. Yes. And the walk into the orchard, that kind of stuff. I've done that um, some of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw my little comment on uh, the epic fight, the epic lecture scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you see what I, I, I did? I, I did a secondary comment and said, I also think this might be an opportunity for this scene to film it as written every single word and have that as an outtake. So I realized the timing on that, you're not going to be able to do the entire, you know, everything. But for the most part, you can, because that's a really active scene. But I said, maybe, I I said, it would, even if you can't do it, if you have to cut the scene down, can you please, 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 please film (laughs) this particular scene verbatim Mm -hmm. so we can go watch it later? Yeah, anything's possible. I, you know, I don't know what the, I know they had some behind the scenes stuff on Driven, but I never really, mm-hmm. never really watched it. But um, they, uh, yeah. So I, I, I've been doing that, um, and then I was so bad Sunday. I was reading, trying to catch up because after Isabella left, I'm, I'm catching up on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Not even out of my nightgown to catch up. And, yeah. Um, I finished the book. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've been I've been listening to it, and and you know, KK said sometimes she copies a scene because it's easier to convey, not because I want it verbatim. And she noted that the scene I was discussing is a very active scene. Yes, and Lori's mentioned she thinks they did a great job on Driven, um, and I actually found that listening to the audio book helped me make some comments on the chapters. You know. You know, oh, you need, you know, you should include this part because it shows Paul and, you know, the relationship between Paul and Julia and Mm -hmm. this part. But, you know, a lot of, I I found a lot of Gabriel's Inferno, there is a lot of inner thought. There is a lot of, it's not dialogue heavy in parts. So I feel like, I just feel like there's going to be a lot. A lot that is included. And, and we um, change things around too. We don't, you know, you never know right. with what will work on the screen. Right. As long as, as long as they, for me, this is just for me, as long mm-hmm. as they get the essence of what the scene is supposed to be from the book, they right. can change whatever they want, just as long as they have that essence there. Yeah. I think so too, but I feel like there are some iconic lines that people are going to be upset if they are not in. So, but I think I, I'm glad I'm referring right. But I think, and I know there's been so much chatter about some of those lines and you can easily look at, look back at things that have been posted on Gabriel 
podcast, Gabriel fan podcast. And, you know, you're going to be able to see what the, the pop, the favorite quotes are and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Karen agreed that they did a good job with driven. And Lori says, I say that because I think they will stay close to the book with Gabriel. I think that's also why SR was uh, happy to work with passion flicks because they're, is that willingness to work closely with the author and to keep help keep it true for the fan base? I, I, th I think they pretty much will. So um, well, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I from what I know that um, Nina mentioned, I think it was last week or the week before that. Uh, from now until the end of the year, SR is going to be really, really tied up. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with finishing up, he wants to finish up book four. And I know he's been writing like a man then on that. Yeah. Oh my God. And I'm so excited. I, I can't even, I mean, it's hard. It's hard because that book's coming out with the movie. It's almost like, it's almost like an excess of riches. Right, right. <laughs> I'm so, it'll be so much fun. And, yeah, so um, it, it'll be it'll be a fun, interesting year. So again, Nina, as Nina pointed out, that if you don't see SR a lot, which surprises me because I've I've seen him almost every day on Twitter. Um, I know that you know not to worry. It's only because he's got so much to do between getting the book together, and, and I'm sure that they're get, getting really ready in pre-production as far as getting the screenplay started. Because mm -hmm. once the screenplay starts, then they can start casting and, and working with that. So, you know. it's, it's good stuff. Uh, Karen said, if they do it like Driven, not much is going to be left out, and they will do outtakes. And she said, I'm excited to see what they did with Mr. 365. Yeah, I saw, I saw that they were filming on that, but I haven't really, I'm, I'm not totally put in with 365 yet. So. And I haven't. I don't know that one. Yeah, More things for me to read. I, I I just finished reading all the little accompanying books to the Driven series, and I just finished the one with Xander's story, and it blew me away. Mm -hmm. um, I love those companion books almost as much as I love Driven. Like, I really, I really did. All of them had a different take, a different twist. Yeah, the characters were really fun. Um, yeah, Lori, I'm with you. I don't know Mr. 365. We, we're going to have to be introduced, I think. That might, might have to happen. <laughs> might have to happen. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, Karen says it's a sweet story from Ruth Clampett. Um, and she hasn't read the companion books. Lori, I highly, highly, highly recommend the companion books to Driven. Highly. I love them all. Um, I, I also have to start my reread of Discovery's Witches before I get into... Well, see, I know. You know what I'm reading right now? And I know we're, we're digressing a bit from the podcast per se, but I'm reading Morgan's book, Connection, and I love it. Oh. I love it, love it, love it. I'm, I'm sure you guys have already blown through it. I, you know, I love his turn of a phrase. Mm -hmm. I, his, his writing is, I, I said this to my daughter earlier. I said, I'm just loving this book. His writing's quirky, clever, mm -hmm. and musical. Like, I just, I really like, I like his language. I love his use of language. And it's Morgan. It is. It's and it's the story's good. I, I really like it. I, I need to tell him that, or I need to tell him to listen to the podcast so he can hear me um, jumping around about his book. But I did. I did tweet about it um, so that to him and Jennifer when I started reading it because really, really fun. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So, yes. And, uh, also, Karen is saying that uh, SR has been so kind and supportive with the blog post. Um, yes. With all the different recipes he's been coming up with and different <laughs> stuff. So oh, yes. <laughs> and she said, oh, my God, Borg Morgan's book is awesome. 
Yes. I love it. And then let me so, see. Oh, there's been a lot of um, uh, foreign language books coming out by Esso. I think uh, uh, the full Florentine series is now in Portuguese. Yes. And, and I think the Man of did, the Black Fleet is in Portuguese as well. Did I see, though? I thought I saw something about the Florentine series being available in Italian. Did anyone else see that tweet? Did I, yeah. did I see that? Do I remember that correctly? Because yes. I'm not on social media as much as I he, would he like to be. He was interviewed by an Italian blog, blog mm -hmm. about the Florentine series. So, yeah, it's out there. And he did that one, too. So that'll be really good. I, I just think that would be... How cool would it be to be in Italy, to live in Florence, and read this story based in your city in your language? Mm -hmm. I just think that's... And you know what? Kudos for SR2, because he must be loving that. I'm sure he is. I know. When I was in Florence last year, and I, and I was, we were doing um, the Romans, finishing up the Romans, and uh, just look, being, first of all, being in the city with, with the different corners and wondering if he's working around, you know, he's working around. And mm -hmm. when I went up to um, see Piotr's Cross, that was very cool. And because you could just, um, I, I, with, to digress a little bit, if I was, I'm looking at the map, of, I, you know, I've gone, I've seen the, the, the mural with uh, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas and all the, the, the virtues and all that kind of stuff. And, mm. and, and that's part of the whole complex that the church is in. And then I come back and I'm, and I'm walking through the church and I'm just looking at the different scenes and the altar, just the beauty of it. And... So where is this cross? Where in the world is this cross? And I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at the altar, looking at the altar, and I'm standing like in the middle of the, the, the whole church, and, and I've got a map, and then I said, it says, Jordan's cross, and I look up, and love me. I love that when things like that happen. It's too... <laughs> It's like, where is this? I'm looking for it. I can't find it. And then I look up, and it's right there. Right there. So, I mean, and, and from, you know, when I'm standing there looking at this, and, I, and, and the way the, the place is set up, I could just imagine what it's jumping across the, the uh, out to where the other part is, and the mural is, and passing uh. by the cross and saying what he did to the cross, and, and then just keep on going. So, it was <laughs> Well, and KK, well, both Lori, Lori and KK say you're sounding a little quiet, Pam. So I'm, I'm not sure. A quiet. Yes. So I don't know if there's a sound level going on. Um, and Karen then also it said. It, it might just be me because mine, I'm uh, feeling a little. Yes. Like everybody is right now. Yeah. Everybody's starting to fight the, it's like the colds. Time of year, sinus, colds, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Karen also said it was cool for her reading because um, she could picture all the places she walked through in Florence. Mm -hmm. And she realized she stood in some of the places that he wrote about, which is very exciting. And which is how I felt when SR wrote about Santorini. Um, it's, it's so cool when you're, well, and not just in Santorini, but, but my gosh, in Sealands Grove. <laughs> at Susquehanna University, at St. Joe's, uh -huh. in Philly, Harrisburg International Airport. Right. Like, I'm telling you, I almost, when I picked up that book and it was set in Sealands Grove, I almost fell off my chair. I'm not even kidding. I am like, how, who, how does this person know even to think about this adorable little town in the middle of Pennsylvania? Like, I, I remember it blew me. I am not kidding. That blew me away. I just was so surprised by it. I remember reading it and, and starting it. And I, I tweeted him uh, this one night saying, you know, because I live so close to St. Joe's University. Right. Right. I'm like, my God, you know, that's like a mile and a half from my house. And I did a lot of partying there when I was. <laughs> Um, you know, and you know, I just, it, it, you knew he had to be around. 
Mm-hmm. The one thing when I was last year when I was in Paris, he, I did, I uh, sent him an email saying, you know, this is where I'm going to be. Um, is there any places I should particularly look for uh, as far as the podcast goes? Because we, I, yeah, I discussed with him about doing this about you know where where the man in the black suit was taking place and all this kind of stuff. So he was the one that, um, if you'll notice in my French uh, tweet, in the French tweet that we put out every day, mm-hmm. there a little cafe there. And that is actually a cafe that was across the street from the apartment that supposedly Acacia lived in. Because he told me the name of the street. And so I was like, well, he he probably sat here and at least had a cup of coffee or right. wine or something because it was, you know, right there, right there. So. That's so cool. Now, the one I just he, love it. The one place he didn't go was so-and-so, and so-and-so was Kinfolk Cafe. But I understand it's closed now. So. Yes. Well, yeah, because I remember we looked it up. Uh-huh. But it's just funny because I had been in Salem's Grove before. Like, it, it was just, it, it was fascinating. I, I I remember initially, I think my first time I actually wrote to SR, and I think I said something about, I know you don't have, you, I know you won't respond to this, but I am convinced you had to have been, you had to have been in Salem's Grove or, or at Susquehanna University at some point, just the way you wrote about it. But you don't necessarily have to be in a place to be able to write. I mean, true, but he is a stickler on research. <laughs> right, right. I still think he was a professor there. I really do. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. There you go. It's like my restaurant in Penelope's, and he's the man sitting by himself. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, Karen Karen said she she felt the same when she drove through Salem's Grove with Joyce. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 Very cool. So that's... that's- uh, Lori asked, had he been there? Did he answer? No, Lori. He is our... He is our... Uh, he, he will respond to the questions that he is willing to respond to. Um, I was pretty... I, I asked... I... I, I had said something about the hours, you know, I'm just curious if you did this because you captured the place so perfectly. Um, but I respect your, you know, I respect your wish for privacy if you don't want to answer. So I gave him an out. <laughs> the other thing too is sometimes like if you ask, ask some questions like that, you'll get a winky smile. Mm-hmm. So you, you just leave it at that. So that's, but there are things you definitely want to answer if, it's, if you think it becomes too personal. Right. And I think I'm trying to remember if I asked him specifically if he visited there or if he had been there or worked there. I may have asked him the specific work question, which I would not expect him to answer. Mm -hmm. I think he'd be much more open to saying, oh, yes, I visited there or, you know. Yeah. But I mean, of all the kind, you know, it's like going to, you know, taking a riff off of Casablanca of all the colleges in all the world. (laughs) He walked into that one yeah. um, because it's uh, it's a lovely private university, but it is not, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a, uh, it's not a high profile, it's not a high profile university though. So I just, yeah, it was just, it was interesting. Yeah. So, so. I'm just happy he's written, and I'm excited that he's charging ahead on book four, and I'm really excited. We have so many good things to look forward to in 2019. It's we do. it's exciting. We do that we do. Mm-hmm. In any event, we should start delving into chapter 30. I think so. <laughs> I know. I know, and as I just mentioned to you, um, talking about places that you've been and, you know, as we enter chapter 30, Nicholas and Akasi are finishing dinner and the waiters push aside empty tables to create a dance floor. And I actually had asked SR about, you know, Santa. I made some references to questions this week and 
He commented that returning to Santorini in the novel was a treat for me, and I hope readers find it to be the same. He said Santorini really is a magical, fascinating place, which, of course, makes my heart sing because I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the scene is set, you can actually envision this happening in your head for when they do the movie because they're going to do a movie. I, we, we, we will have to um as they finished and started to clear the floor a group of men and women came in dressed in costume and started the folk dance um of santorini everyone was clapping along and nicasia turned her chair to watch the dancers and nicholas watched her and suggested that she get up and dance and Acacia was like, oh, I don't think so. And Nicholas asked, well, why not? And, and she said, because I did not, I don't want a strange man touching me. So I kind of loved that scene because, I, you know, I just, I love this conversation and this piece of, um, I, I can see this all under underway and and kk said yes we will have a movie and laurie's loving that and i am too because we will um nicholas remarked that she could barely keep her feet still and uh i know that i'm i'm a dancer so i'm moving all the time and i know i know my partner in crime pam is as well uh and so nicholas said well there is another option and she saw the patrons and dancers lining up. And as I, I think probably you guys have seen, if you haven't seen any traditional folk dancing uh, in Greece, uh, it's really everyone kind of gets pulled in and brought into a dance line. And even if you don't know the steps, you're encouraged to try. And it's just a very, very warm, vibrant, fun situation. So I can see them all lining up and Acacia pointed to her shoes saying she couldn't dance in these heels. And I love, she's like throwing up all of these excuses and Nicholas keeps tearing down the barriers. He said, it's easily fixed. He crouches in front of her, undoes the straps of her shoes and takes them off, offers his hand and says, let's go. And if you've ever been to any Greek festivals or weddings Um, you'll see people doing this and it's totally common for people to kick off their shoes and just go. Um, You have to. I usually dance with the heels on just because I still can, but depending on the dance, (laughs) as long as you stay up on your toes, you're good. Um, So he led Akasi to the dancers and placed her between a woman dancer and... Uh, then he stood next to her. So there was no strange man touching her. Her shoulders were bare um, in the dress that she had on. And when Nicholas placed his arm along her shoulders, she felt heat. Then they danced mirroring the professional dancers. It began slowly and the tempo increased. And, and that is a tr- there's several traditional Greek dances that do that. Um, and it's, it's kind of fun to watch and fun to dance when that happens. Acacia could dance. She had natural rhythm and loved to d- move to the music. And she watched Nicholas, who was much taller than the other dancers, as he tried to lift his legs to keep in step. She smiled and laughed until her eyes watered. They were having so much fun. And almost the whole restaurant at this point had joined in to dance along um, with the group. So at this point, um, I had asked SR about this scene. And I said, at the beginning of the chapter, Nicholas and Acacia enjoyed traditional dancing, which I said always is fun. And in fact, my daughter, my youngest daughter, participated in a student traditional dance group um, at the local Greek Orthodox Church called the Olympic Flames, true story, when she was in high school. Um, and they actually went and did competitions as well, but they often just performed at festivals and it was so much fun to see. 
And I asked him if he saw if he saw any traditional Santorini dancers or Greek dancers in tr- Greece or Toronto or elsewhere. I said, "Did you watch the performance, or was there was there an impromptu dance at a party or restaurant, and did you participate?" So SR responded, "There's a vibrant Greek community in Canada, um, generally, but especially in the city of Toronto." And I've enjoyed their annual festival, Taste of the Danforth, on many occasions. And he says, I may have been roped into a dance or two, dot, dot, dot. Can you imagine? I just love that. Can you imagine? I think we might have to go visit uh, yeah, we have to go to the, Greek the festival. I usually go anyway. Um, I, I had mentioned to SR in the response when I uh, sent him a thank you for getting back to us on the questions. I said, we also have a really good uh, Greek festival in Harrisburg, um, just, in, just in case uh, you ever need to stop by. I didn't say that, but that's right. Karen has to run. What was that, dear? Do they fly direct to Harrisburg now? Yes, they do. Uh, Air Canada or Porter? Air Canada. Air Canada. There are direct flights from Toronto. I think it's daily. It would have been, that probably would have been helpful for uh, Julia back in the day. Well, I think they did have a flight, but because of his seminar getting up, because I just finished reading it. <laughs> yeah, yes. Where seminar finished and then uh, going, they're, they're going off to Florence or wherever. And, yeah. Um, but they, they couldn't. Oh, no, it was Thanksgiving. They would mm-hmm. not be able to get the flight to Harrisburg because the seminar ended too late. Right. Well, actually, it's not that far from here to Toronto. Um, it's not that far of a drive. No, it's only about so, hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's closer to Toronto than it is to Boston. Yeah. So, just saying. Um, so when the dance was over, Acacia hugged the female dancer and then looked at Nicholas. He had been laughing and enjoying the dancing as well. And when he grew contemplative, she looked down at her painted toes and she thanked him for being a good sport. He wove his fingers in with hers and they walked back to the table where he put her sandals back on. He asked her if she wanted to stay and she said no. But she would love to take a walk, and he quickly paid the bill. So, Nicholas suggested that they walk up the cliff <laughs> and not walk uh, the cliffs in um, Daphne du Maurier's. Uh, no no but there was a pedestrian uh walkway on the path and they climbed the steps toward the street where rick and kurt were and uh then he took a left and there was the path to the the walk in the lawn nicholas is looking at her dress and he's like you know what's the set material at the end of your dress she says what it's the ruffle (laughs) <laughs> not many men really know what the ruffles are. But Nick, Nicholas liked it, and Acacia told him that it was meant to be flirtatious. And uh, he then asked her if she was flirtatious. She said, when I like to be. <laughs> now, I don't know whether he groaned because he was unhappy or groaned because he was uh, <laughs> feeling it. <laughs> Just leave it there. So they're walking along, they're admiring the sky, the different colors, the oranges, the purples, and from the sunset. And as the breeze began to blow, it's blowing the cases curls through her hair, her face, and and uh, she tried tucking them behind her ear. And and uh, I do know how that is, and it doesn't doesn't drive you crazy. Anyway, um, so. She just gave up. So Nicholas figures, you know, with the breeze, she's probably a little chilly. So he takes his 
jacket off. He's got a blue linen jacket, and he, he puts it over his shoulders and pulls the lapels together as if that's going to keep her warmer. <laughs> and um, she smiled at him, and, and uh, she thanked him, and he told her that he, he notices everything about her. And uh, she looked at their hands, and their fingers were clasping, and it was almost like the way they were holding each other, it's like their hands have known each other for a really, really long time. I love that, didn't I you? Did, I did. Uh, I did. I and love they that. found each other again. So, uh, Cassia asked Nicholas what he was passionate about. And Nicholas brought her next to him, still holding her hand and pulling her close. He said it was a question that he hadn't expected. Uh, she apologized if it was a too intimate of a question and he showed her it wasn't but he was expecting another question and he told her that she she was most unexpected but in the same but in the best sense now that line reminded me of um, Colonel Brandon telling uh, Eleanor uh, mm. you know and they were having this conversation about uh, meeting up with he was trying to put her together with somebody and he said but in the best sense and I just always remember Alan Rickman saying that in the movie it just always got to me <laughs> so good <laughs> so in any event uh, Acacia asked what the question was and he tells her if it had if it he'd tell her if it hadn't occurred to her he would just let her stay uh, <laughs> you know so what do you think that question was, Pam? I don't know. I have no idea. I, you know, I did ask SR, but I he did not he answer did. that. He didn't. <laughs> because I think it could be a couple things. I think it could be, you know, can would you kiss me? Could you be with me? Do you, or it could it could go a different direction too. It could go in a lot of different directions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, mm -hmm. I think I think their their point in this their point. At this point in the relationship, they're just like, where do you see this going? Yeah, and are are we? I you know I like being with you. It looks like we should be together, but you know it's just like a little standoffish. So hey, it happens. Mm -hmm. but, but he told her, and he kind of, SR does kind of address it in one of the answers that I'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. He kind of hints at it. He told her that she, he was passionate about tennis, his work, and his friends. But since everything that happened with his sister, he had, he had given it all to family matters. And uh, said that his sister was passionate about art. She had wanted to be a curator at the museum since she was a little girl. She had such a mind for beauty. And well... His was numbers and problem solving. So after what happened with his sister, um, he kind of took a different direction. He was trying to recover uh, whatever he could for his sister as more of his passion. But he, and he was very fond of talking about his sister, which, which is good. And I think that speaks, again, it speaks to who he is. It speaks to his character his love of family, his, his sense of decorum, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I, I, you know, I, I just think it's really shows him in such a positive light. And, you know, their conversation continued on and he asked Acacia, do you think if someone does the right thing for the wrong reason, the action is still right? And she said, that is a question for a prophet, which I loved. And then he rephrased it. What about doing the wrong thing for the right reason? And she said that was easier to answer. I love, again, love, 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 loved the fact that he started digging into this and adding this theme into this book. Um, <clears throat> Acacia said, it's clear that wrong actions are wrong, even if you have good intentions. And Nicholas asked why. And as as Pam rightly pointed out, this is SR's moral compass talking. Mm -hmm. The rhetoric of racist terrorists and those committing genocide always claim good intentions. Mm -hmm. 
The woman from Lyon wants to keep France strong, so she's determined to keep foreigners out. In Rwanda, the factions claim to want to protect themselves, so they kill the men, women, and children of the other side. People have evil intentions, which they believe to be good. Nicholas was silent, and he drew her to his side, put his arm around her shoulder, and watched the light and the colors fade. And this whole discussion, I mean, I remember when SR was writing, and he was saying he was going to touch upon issues of... uh, of acceptance and of uh, of uh, anti-immigration uh, sentiments and talking about uh, being open to other cultures, um, and you know, I, I just think the way he wove some of these themes in uh, to the book were was was well done, mm-hmm. and. You know, I think they're both very thoughtful um, characters um, who have had, they're very international characters too. I mean, these aren't people who've lived in one village and have not gone out. Um, They are people who've lived in different parts of the world. So they have understanding of, uh, of different cultures and I think an appreciation of them. And um, I think it was uh, something great um, to to talk about, and also this whole idea of wrong things, doing something wrong for the right reason. You know, this is to me very much like an ends justifying the means mm-hmm. kind of discussion. And I've gotten into debates about this before. That you know, is it is it right to do something wrong in order to achieve a higher good? And, and there was a lot of debate about that. So, again, kudos to SR. <laughs> but I can remember when he was coming about this book at the time, mm-hmm. talking about you know, the, um, the, 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 the radicalization or uh, separation of all these different factions people and of, of prejudice and you know it just I, I'm glad he could put this into words and, and as I say it's SR's moral compass but and I don't mean that as in a joking or funny way I really believe that that is right his moral compass and, and I'm, it's, it's compliment mentally complimentary to him Not absolutely no, I, but I think this is one of the reasons people are drawn to his work, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, this, this isn't a political statement. This is just a statement on his, on who he is and on uh, the things that he values, um, you know, and kind of capturing the commonality of humanity. Um, so... They drove back to the villa, taking their time on the dark roads. When they arrived back at the property, Nicholas lifted her by the waist and lifted her to the ground. She touched his chest to steady herself. I can just see this happening on the screen, right? Mm -hmm. He has a few phone calls to make, and he thanked her for today. Akasi also thanked him because she had a lot of fun. He pushed her curls away from her face. She had not worn her scarf, and Acacia was, like, touching her hair, asking if it was a mess. And he told her, no, it looked gorgeous. And she offered to give him back his jacket, and Nicholas said he'd get it tomorrow. As he looked over his shoulder, he saw Kurt and Rick standing by the door. He made an unhappy sound and touched Acacia's forehead stepped back and said that they would have to be scanned to see if they had picked up any surveillance devices. Yes, a true buzzkill. And I know, I think, you know, sometimes they get caught up in each other and the fun they're having, and then it's like reality sets in, and, oh, Mm -hmm. I need to be scanned, and, oh, I need to be referred to as Pierre Breckman. Um, You know, it's it's just like, it's, it's that burden of having to to go through this um, and and to have the extra security because of the, what they do. 
He said goodnight, but was cutting off at the last word. Because um, it was like, goodnight, Ma, and he stopped. And I'm almost wondering if it was like Ma, Ange, or Machier, or, yes. Yes. But I have a feeling it's more of a term of endearment than I think so, too. I think he was trying to reveal feelings. And Laurie commented that, yes, I mean, this is part of their lives that they have to deal with when they get back, kind of getting back to reality. And, you know, he cut off that last word. And before Acacia could respond, he turned and strode away, strode away in the night. And she called after him saying, good night. <sighs> and... Thus ends chapter 30. And, and I have to say, I, I asked SR a couple questions. And I hinted at some of them. I didn't get um, feedback on all of them. But I said after the dance, Nicholas and Acacia take a walk. And after some flirtation, begin to discuss doing the wrong thing for the right reason. And the fact that the rhetoric of racists and others always claim good intentions, as well as referencing the woman from Lyon. And I asked why he chose to include this dialogue at this point in the story and if it evolved. And I also asked him, and why did Nicholas pull back at the end of the night? And he responded that I think Nicholas wants to share his secrets with Acacia. And to a lesser degree, she wishes she could do the same. But it isn't possible at this point. And so... They are dancing around matters. And it's easier to find common ground on certain social and political issues, mm -hmm. which I thought was right on point. Yeah. And it, just in line with their character. And it's just crazy. in line with it. Yeah, because they're, they're both so cautious. Mm-hmm. And, and self-cautiousness, too. That it's hard to open up, even if you want to. Exactly. Exactly. So, lessens the chapter. That, yes, it does. I, I love this chapter. I love the last one, and we're getting to the, we're getting to the the heart of the matter coming up. Keep your fans going. <laughs> don't be driving. No. Yeah. It's so beautifully written, though. I just, yes. And he really does paint a picture, as Lori said, perfect. Mm -hmm. I agree, Lori. Very, very descriptive in everything, from in, in all the details, whether it be about the emotional side of either the, any of the characters, or even just painting a picture of being around them. Mm -hmm. And whether it was France or Greece or Florence, wherever he wrote about it, it's very descriptive of what he writes about it. Beautiful. So, and beautifully done. So bravo. Truly. I know. You can never sing his praises too much. No, we can't. Um, Esrar also mentioned that he wanted to wish everybody a uh, happy Advent season for anybody who's celebrating. Yes, and, and he hopes everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, uh, he actually specifically expressed that, and thank you, Pam, because I, I was I was rolling up on my notes, and I remember he did that. Yeah. Um, he says, "Happy Thanksgiving to all of your listeners, and a blessed Advent to those who will be celebrating." I used to do the Advent wreath. Mm -hmm. um, I many years ago when we had some flooding in the basement, mm -hmm. that was uh, one of the casualties, and I I may be bringing that back this year. Um, but of course, we always did the little calendars, you know, with the little chocolates inside. The girls loved that when they were little. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I did like having an advent calendar, um, or I mean an advent wreath with the different, you know, the different candles, the three purple and the one pink. 
um, which I know is very, um, very much part of a Roman Catholic tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't believe we're at this point of the year. <laughs> I'm in major seasonal de- denial, except for the fact that it was it's been it's dark at five o'clock now. Well, I think it's I you know honestly I think it's the fact that this is the earliest Thanksgiving that you know the earliest time Thanksgiving could ever be was this year. Um, it was also the 55th anniversary of uh, which is hard to believe. Yeah. And it was you know, the exact same day Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I forgot actually about that being the same day. I, my friend, my friend's father just recently passed away. My friend Suzanne, actually, Pam, you met Suzanne. Her her father just passed, and Thanksgiving was actually his birthday. So they actually they had a really. She said it was a really lovely time having some good remembrances. She said it was um, just very special, um, a very special remembrance. So I think it's really, really nice. I know Monday was my mom, would have been my mom's 86th birthday. Aw, that's wonderful. November babies. November babies is right. That's right. And Lori said she'd like a new advent calendar or something not so kiddish. I think we could do, you know what, <laughs> we could come up with a, a good countdown to Christmas, don't you think? We could. We could. You know, um, a good deed a day or a different cocktail a day. or On Facebook, there's a group called Debunker, and it's moderated by E.L. James. Oh, fun. And she is doing a uh, advent calendar on that particular page. So, <laughs> whether it could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> the bunker, huh? We might have to check that out. Yes. Yes. So, I love it. And in case you missed it, the White House Christmas tree is not all red. It is red and green outside. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, Lori likes all of those ideas. I did too, Lori. We'll have to think of some more. Um, we can discuss them next week. Maybe we'll collect, maybe we can collect them. Maybe we could put it out on Twitter and get people talking about a new advent calendar idea. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm glad you mentioned the White House Christmas tree because I'm literally uh ending the podcast and heading down to washington (laughs) dc um tonight so for a conference tomorrow so i might have to swing by 1600 pennsylvania avenue even though (laughs) i know i uh, i know it's still absolutely beautiful <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen all the memes yet. There's only one I saw, which had was based on The Shining. Oh my <laughs> word! <laughs> no, my gosh! No, Washington D.C. in the in any anywhere really during the holidays is a beautiful sight, but there are some really really spectacular views. Um, and I know on the mall, they typically will have. Uh, a tree, I forget the name of the display, but there's a tree for every state Mm -hmm. and it's decorated by every, you know, things that are, um, yes, uh, each state comes up with a different one and it's very, very cool. (laughs) Oh, Lori, you're cracking me up. She said, oh, wow, how exciting, Leslie, your life is more glamorous than mine. (laughs) Oh, Lori, it happens, you know, honestly, that is one of the benefits of living in the place where I live, where we live, really, Pam and I, but Harrisburg, Pennsylvania was set up as a crossroads. It's It really was 
a place where people would be traveling through to get to major cities like New York and Philadelphia, um, Baltimore and Washington. Um, so, and we're situated on the banks of the Susquehanna River. Uh, so there was a lot of trade. Um, that also takes you right into the Chesapeake, which brings you right yes. to the main hub around the Washington area and stuff too. Right. So part of part of my uh, glamorous life <laughs> is is due to my proximity to <laughs> really cool places. Um, and for work, this is a conference um, that is located at, in D.C. It's a national conference, and um, one of the reasons I could go easily is because I can drive there, and it's not too hard to. Um, you know, justify going, especially this conference is uh, put on by the federal government. So it's not, uh, there's not a fee attached to it. Um, so I'm very fortunate. I'm going to go and learn, learn some of the latest and greatest things in health information exchange. In about an hour and a half or two, we also have the Rockefeller case to be is, to, is tonight the lighting? Yes. And I, I can speak from experience. I've never been there for the lighting. It, it could, because you're situated. Or you probably see it much better on TV. You do. You do. <laughs> mm -hmm. And depending upon the night, like tonight, it would be freezing up there to be standing waiting to see that stuff. And because of now, because of police presence and everything that's happened after 9-11, You'd have to get to, to where you want to see the tree. You'd have to get there at like 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And you're going to have to stand. And it doesn't get over until I think 10 o'clock tonight. So it's uh, much better to see it on TV. And I know yes. uh, when before um, I moved down here to Philadelphia, I was living in New York. It was always on the local channel, up the local NBC channel up there, which is... Uh, channel uh, 4, and it was only on for about an hour from 7 to 8, and then they started picking it up nationally, and that's when it became a special at 8 o'clock. But what I noticed was, at between the 7 and 8, a lot of the singing programs, that would, singers that would come on, would do, do it live then, and then when you saw it at 8 o'clock, it was just a copy of it so it was interesting but it was fun that sounds great my favorite, my favorite thing when my son was a little boy we did we take him down the city and we'd go to rockefeller center and see the ice skaters and the tree and then we'd have to go to fao schwartz and do fao schwartz and the piano that you dance on oh yeah that kind of stuff and all that kind of stuff so yeah and I heard they're bringing it back. They are. It's actually opened up in Rockefeller Center. That's very cool. And, but it, we, we gave my son a price limit in FAO Sports. <laughs> they were, um, you know, the cheapest thing you could get was like $5, so we gave him a $5. Limit. Uh, <laughs> they had things in there that were like $1,000. You know, Smart. Yeah, that was always part of our tradition and always going down to see the um, windows at, at Denbell's and Macy's and Morton Taylor and Saks. They had these beautiful, beautiful windows. Um, a lot of people used to like to go to Barney's. Mm -hmm. Their window display. Um, yeah, and, and my sister and brother-in-law and my uncle would come up from uh, this area to New York and I'd meet them in the city and we'd do the Wildcats. Ah, oh, I love it. And then I'd have to sit there and watch my sister with her pocketbook wide open, hanging off her arm, looking up at the <laughs> building. And I'm like, oh, God, she's going to get robbed. <laughs> well, I hope to, I'm hoping to go to New York at some point to see the holiday decorations. It's so pretty. I don't know if we'll be able to this year, but I'd love it. So, yeah. Um, you know, we'll see what 
position. Yes. I my my uh, granddaughter's mother is having a third baby. Um, on oh. She's due December sixth, I believe. She's having oh my. Yeah, she's having a C-section, so maybe we can give her a break and take Isabella and possibly her little sister Sarah if if they're allowed. Oh, that would be sweet. I hope you can do that. Well, I'm sure I can with Isabella. It's, uh, yes. Sarah, well. She's only two. So yeah. So anyway, so we'll be back next week again, and we'll be doing Chapter 31. Yes, mark your calendar. Mark it's going to be a good one. Thank it's an epic chapter. <laughs> oh my word yes and Lori thank you for joining us I'm glad you could come today I know it's hard to get to our time frame and our time uh, so I'm, I'm glad you're able to join us and I hope you and I hope everybody who's listening uh have a wonderful, wonderful week. Yep. So I'm going to leave everybody tonight with a, uh, Duke Ellington and John Coltrane in a sentimental mood. Mm, love it. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you.